We're doing the podcast. All right, you do it. We're we're rolling. We're rolling. I'm so glad you're here, buddy. I missed you. <laughs> missed you too. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, nine nine or ten months ago is the last time you were here, and uh, I believe you've lived quite a life since then. It's been a it's been an interesting, yeah, interesting eight months or so since I've seen you. <laughs> well, uh, Yeehaw was was threatening to open this time last year. Uh huh. But it wasn't quite ready yet. We, we made a few of them threats. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember you and I were trying to do the podcast in 2021, I think, or, yeah. or like the beginning of 2022, and it was like, yeah, we're almost ready, we're almost ready, let's wait till we're ready, and you were like, okay, it's not going to be ready, let's just do it anyway. <laughs> well, what's that been like, the last year of getting uh, Yeehaw open? Man, I keep telling people, as we've opened up, it's it's been eerily smooth, like it's kind of freaking me out how smooth it's gone. Um, I was able to hire... Uh, 107 employees in the craziest employment market we've seen in a long time. How was that? It was amazing. Uh, we had a whole week of job fairs and had a really great turnout. I was able to hire a team of just Terminators to run that place with me. Well, dude, you, you have, you know, not only, you know, kitchen staff and, and, and bartenders and food runners and I, I assume a ton of roles to operate the restaurant, but then you also have an event space there. Yeah. That, that I'm sure that takes operations. Folks yeah. So Madeline, I think is Madeline. Who yeah. I've been in touch with for She's a baller, dude. Yeah. She's awesome. She seems to be really great. Yeah. We're going to do an event there, I think in June. Yeah. Uh, psyched about that. It's yeah, be fun. That is going to be cool. But what kind of, what kind of folks did you have to, uh, what kind of positions did you have to Like you said, kitchen, uh, we were a fast casual restaurant. <clears throat> so he, uh, a front of house team to take orders and run food and things like that. And then all my bartenders and, uh, you know, all the, all the normal restaurant stuff, but it's just a larger scale than what I've ever been a part of before. Are you guys brewing there yet? Oh yeah. Oh, we've been brewing since two months after I got the keys. Uh, we were able to keep Chris Meadows on staff, like I said before, and then, uh, you know, we had to wait for some permitting to kick into place before we could start brewing again. But yeah, he's been he's been churning it out over there. So, what good. beers do you make in house? Because I know Yeehaw has a, a few different breweries, and I assume that different breweries do different, yeah, different beers. Yeah. So anything you can get at like the supermarket, anything that's in cans, it all comes from our Johnson City Brewery, the the original. They've got the biggest the biggest system up there. Okay. And then. Uh, you know, Greenville and Nashville and, and us in Knoxville, we take we kind of take different areas of of the craft brewing world. Uh, Nashville does a lot of our cider, a lot of our seltzers, things like that. Okay. Some, some really good IPAs. Uh, and then Lee, our brewer in Greenville, he's uh, he's an IPA master. He he does a lot of really good IPAs. Okay. Yeah. So so then so then uh, which ones do you do in in Knoxville? Well, Chris is kind of a a master of all. Um, he can do anything. Uh, our our uh, sour program is aggressive. Ooh. Yeah. So we we retain the fooders that Elkmont installed into the place. Those are very large uh, oak sour aging tanks. Okay. So we put some put some uh, yellow colored beer into those, and once it's time for them to to get all soured up and get flavored, we'll we'll transfer those into smaller barrels and stack them up and put different different fun stuff in them like fruit or anything like that. 
Right. And, and uh, we may have talked about it before, but sours have to kind of be separated from everything else. Yeah. Because yeah. Of, is it uh, Brettanomyces? Brettanomyces, there's uh, lactobacillus, but the, the big one that you really got to worry about to keep it separate from your main brewery is Pediococcus. So okay. a lot of times you, you can intentionally brew with Pediococcus, but it, it's really hard to kill off. The other, the other, we call them bugs. The other bugs are pretty easy to, to kill with normal cleaning processes. So, okay, yeah, you got to worry about Pediococcus. That's a big one. Gotcha. Yeah. Like the Funkatorium in Asheville yeah. is kind of crazy. I did a tour of that place. And Gorgeous. So, yeah, it's Love neat. Love that place. Yeah, and it's, a, it's amazing how, how, you know, how much different the, 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 sour, the sour world kind of becomes its own thing, I guess. Yeah. Are yeah. sours still pretty popular? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, IPAs are still the king. By a long shot, but I, I just think sours are so much more interesting and fun. Uh, you you can kind of control what's going to happen, but you really don't ever know how it's going to turn out. So the blending pro- process with those barrels is even more interesting because you know you get a product that comes out of one barrel and you can blend something else into it and make it completely different. So mm. out of, from one barrel or two barrels, you can get like three or four different beers it's wow it's super fun is it repeatable and predictable uh th- less so than normal beer really yeah it just kind of depends on what the bugs want to do like even the the temperature of your cellar is going to affect what the beer is going to taste like uh all kinds of stuff wow variables it's fun yeah yeah well well what else with uh with yeehaw i mean 107 people that's so many people to to have to to gear up and to hire how many uh what i I guess i'm kind of interested in like the food part of it speaks for itself you've got is it prince's prince's hot chicken from nashville yeah yeah so how does that work like is that a licensing thing is that a partnership of some sort i'm not really sure how the rich guys structured it but uh uh (laughs) the adults yeah the (laughs) grown-ups yeah uh but we are somehow affiliated with them um they had a, a a permanent food truck set up at our Nashville location for a while, ah. and I I think they just fostered a pretty good relationship out of that, and uh, decided to bring them into our Greenville location when we opened that place back up after COVID, mm. and uh, they're just crushing it out there. So so it's White Duck in in Johnson City. Johnson City and Nashville White and Duck Nashville yeah. is White. So Duck. their their second location ever was our Johnson City location, right? Because Asheville was number one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then and then now they're in Johnson City and Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. I love White Dog Taco. Yeah. So they're good, great. Well, so man, good. I, uh, I'd had Hattie B's before, but I'd never had Prince's until uh, I came to Yeehaw. It's the original. They've been around it, for like ninety years. Well, na- hot chicken has become Nashville's kind of flag. Yeah. For food, and it's like you know, ev- anywhere you go. I was there last week in Nashville, and it's like anywhere you go to eat. There's something on the menu that is a Nashville hot chicken yeah. item. Yeah. You know? So Simone, the owner, is actually going to be there tomorrow. She's coming into town. Uh, uh, we've had people in there training our people how to do it the right way. I mean, it's we're not trying to put out some some fake hot chicken. You know, it's it's the real deal. It's it's Prince. I had the one X hot uh-huh. or the X hot. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I was I was coerced into into going that hot i'm a big hot food guy uh-huh big you know hot chicken wings hot hot chicken i love it <laughs> yeah, you know yeah uh and and i was gonna go with just hot because i've heard if you're gonna get prince's hot chicken to go maybe a step or two lower than what you think so my i, I trained my staff if if anybody orders above medium 
you're supposed to say, please don't do this. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a decision you're going to live with for a little bit, you know? Yeah. So uh, we've, we've been working really hard on trying to get those spice levels consistent because, uh, Tyrone that also owns Prince, uh, he, there's not a real set in stone recipe. And there's also like not, you don't just throw chicken in the sauce and put it on a plate. It's it's technique on how to put that sauce on the chicken. Like really? You got, you got to spoon it on there and and do some special things. But it's hard to replicate on a consistent basis. So we're obviously we're getting a lot of practice and it's it's getting a lot better. I, I will say I was going to go with hot. Someone I was with said, "Hey, one X is uh, what someone said they wish they would have ordered when they ordered the hot." And I was like, "Okay, I'll try it." Uh-huh. And I ate it, and it was. And like I said, I'm 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 I've got a pretty high threshold with that kind of stuff. I'm not this like badass guy going to go out there and try to eat the hottest thing I I can find, yeah. but I can take it. Yeah. And it was right there with <laughs> with almost too hot, and I was yeah. like, "There's two levels above this." Yeah, and it's it's not like a. You know they're not they're not throwing uh, Carolina Reapers in there or anything. It's it's like traditional pepper hot, and it, it's it's intense for yeah. sure. It's very good. Though. It's not like that painful chemical hot though that you get from like these crazy chilies. But uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it really is high Scoval unit, <laughs> units. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On on that stuff. Do you ever do you ever watch that show, The Chicken Wing? Hot ones, hot ones, dude. Yeah. I'm I'm a sucker for that show. It's so yeah, good. It's good. So I've good. I've seen a bunch of really I've seen a bunch of really good ones. Really, really funny ones. You should do some special episodes of South of Scruffy with some some hot food eating. Every I know. Once in a while. I know. There's there's <laughs> some. I, I wish I wish that that stuff you wouldn't be labeled as uh, as as ripping somebody off yeah, for doing yeah for but, doing that. You know. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, I, I want to do like I want to do taco reviews too. You know how Hell like yeah. Barstool Barstool Sports David Portnoy does Absolutely. like. Uh, Pizza reviews. Yep. Like I, I would love to do taco reviews yeah. because I, I am like I, I am very critical of of tacos. Okay. I like it. But I'm like somebody's already done food reviews. You yeah. know, I can't I, yeah. I can't do it. Yeah, last days of autumns. Uh tacos. Uh I don't think I have. Ooh. Yeah. It's Berea tacos. It's really, really, really good. Gotta do it. Yep. Got to. You know I had a Big Bad Taco Truck. Yeah. Do you know, do you know them? Yeah. Adam McNulty. Yeah. Uh man. That stuff is next level good. Absolutely. Really, really sweet stuff. So the- Yeah, uh, we went off on the tangent there. Sorry. Oh, no, it's good, dude. <laughs> uh, the uh, the event space, the outdoor space, I didn't get to take a good look at it when I was at Yeehaw. Yeah. But yeah. can you explain like what that yeah, ended up I, looking like? I named it. So it was it was the really sketchy gravel parking lot that Elmont had. It was uh, multi-leveled and there were like big old potholes and like metal rods sticking out like it was it was not a great place to park a car uh parking is nice but that was not a nice parking lot but uh so we converted that most of that gravel lot into what i I named it the grove it's uh it's a turfed space with an amphitheater and a a full concert stage and outdoor bar and bathrooms uh we got like 700 person capacity out there so have you done shows yet we've done a couple of teasers. Uh, we had Big Country's Empty Bottle out there for, yeah. our, for our first show. Uh, Sammy McIntyre and all them. Um, Adam Petty. Adam Petty. Yeah. My, my old boy. We used to swim together back in high school. Oh, yeah. Yep. Beard in high school yep. alum. Yep. Along right. with Sam McIntyre, yep. who I'm having lunch with tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah. Tell him I say hello. I will. Uh, and then we had Alana Royale from Nashville as one of our grand opening shows. Okay. So that was a free show. We haven't done a ticketed show yet. Yeah, I was going to ask if you've done anything ticketed We're going to do some ticketed shows. Uh, Born and Raised Productions, Garrett and Kent, they're going to be booking some shows for us. Um, That's perfect. It, it's... 
I'm still kind of uneasy about it because I don't want to. I don't want to piss off our our normal clientele by having a ticketed show that you can't go out to the beer garden for. But uh, I think it's gonna be fun, man. So we're 700 person capacity. We're we're in line with the Bijou on bands that we can get, so. and it's outdoors. So yeah. I mean, you're you're yeah, you're up there with like I guess just about the uh, amphitheater at the um, at World's Fair Park too. I think that's about a thousand people or something like that. Which is the little uh, little coliseum thing? Yeah, the little outdoor the, a- a- the the outdoor amphitheater. Yeah, yeah. The, with the concrete. God, I wish they up. did more stuff with that. I saw a West Bailey Trio uh, show there last year. It was like a it was a benefit for uh, for a, 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 some kind of cancer nonprofit. I forget I forget exactly who it was, uh, but it was a good show. It's and hard to make it sound good though, right? Is that the problem? That's what I hear. It? Unless yeah. it's full, right? Be- because it's so many hard surfaces yeah. and, and the concrete, concrete seats. and plastic chairs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think and, and I I think the load in is really hard too because mm. it just backs up to that little river there. Yeah. So I think just logistically, it's a tough place, and that's why it's not utilized more. Mm. But yeah, what a great size! It's and, so cool looking. And, and, and yeah, exactly. But but now you guys are kind of filling that filling that space. And that's, yeah. Do you guys? you say you're nervous about about doing that and yeah i, I guess i understand the uh, upsetting the the people who just came to have food and beer and say no sorry you can't go off to this cordoned part of the yeah but part. i mean so the original little patio that elton had that will still be open during those shows so you can you can sneak out there and take a look at what's going on but okay. uh, but yeah we'll see how it goes joe baker our owner always says that i'm uh uh conscious to a fault of upsetting people uh so i i, I don't I want everybody to have a good time, no matter I, what. I am the same way. Yeah. And and it comes off sometimes as being too conflict averse yeah. or being like too much of a pushover yeah. to where you, you end up ultimately taking the burden because <laughs> yeah. you yeah. don't want to start a yeah. start an argument. I just want everybody to get along, man. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I get it. And I think if you're in the service industry, that's probably not a bad uh not not a bad. It mentality. works wonders in the right situations for sure. Yeah. You can talk some people down for some crazy scenarios. Do you have any shows announced yet? Uh, no, no. Okay, but there's we've got some we've got some coming down the pipe. Um, I want to do I want to do some like underserved markets. Like we need we need some good jam shows around here. We need some good Americana, bluegrass, and all kinds of fun stuff like that. Yeah, you know, on a bigger scale. Obviously, smaller places are doing a fantastic job at it, but. You know, we can get some bigger bands in here. I went and saw Billy Strings in Nashville two weekends ago. Buddy, I haven't seen Billy Strings yet, and I'm upset about it. Yeah. I really need to see him. It's got to happen. You it, need to do it. He's a Civic Coliseum? Yeah, he's a Coliseum this yep. time. I mean, yep. he sold out two nights at Bridgestone. Yeah. Uh, two he, weekends ago. And I was, and it was it was a jam show. Yeah, I mean it really was. Uh, I was I I remember asking at some point during the show. I was like, I turned to Sarah and I was like, uh, "When do you think the last act sold out Bridgestone Arena without a drummer?" It's insane. <laughs> it's, insane. it's a string band, dude. <laughs> it's a five piece string band, and they're selling out arenas. You know, he should he should keep at it. He's got some promise. That I'd kid. say, yeah. I'd say he's yeah. got the chops. He's doing too. all right. So did you did you hear about the Derek Trucks sit in for that? Uh, yeah, yeah. How he, how he was playing because uh, he he welcomed Derek Trucks to the stage, and you know we'd been in Nashville for the weekend. Oh no, I didn't hear about this. Oh one. no, you uh, didn't. I heard okay. about Derek Trucks in Knoxville. Okay, yeah. So so uh, uh, let's see. The, the weekend uh, was uh, Tedeschi Trucks Band was playing the Ryman mm-hmm. on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. The mm-hmm. same weekend that Billy Strings was playing. The uh, arena, another one of my favorites. There, oh Drop yeah, Midnight in Harlem. If 
By yeah. the way, listeners, if you've never listened to that song, get on that one. That's a good one. Tedeschi Trucks is, mm-hmm. is, is a great outfit. Mm-hmm. They, they mm-hmm. also know what they're doing and Indeed. should keep it up. They should keep at it. <laughs> yeah. So, so they're playing the rhyme in three nights, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Billy Strings is playing uh, Bridgestone Arena, which is three blocks away, mm-hmm. maybe two blocks away, maybe. At uh, on Friday and Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Saturday night, Billy Strings said, "I'd like to welcome to the stage Derek Trucks." Man. It's like, hold on a second. <laughs> Tedeschi Trucks Band's playing at the Ryman right now. Like, what? I th- what? What's what's Derek Trucks doing? Turns out, Tedeschi Trucks Band takes their set break. Derek just Trucks strolls on over, walks two blocks oh down, God, gets dude. on stage with Billy Strings at Bridgestone, plays two songs. Walks back to that's the, fucking incredible to, to the Ryman oh and, and and finishes their second set at, at the Ryman. It was it was super epic. That and is really super, really cool. Yes, yeah, it was really cool. All that to say, I I do <laughs> a, a, being a, a big jam band fan yeah. and, and and like that was where I cut my teeth going to those kinds of shows. Yeah, it's tailed off. You know, I yeah. mean, yeah, uh, uh, widespread panic, string cheese incident, fish. Like you can get tickets to their shows now, mm-hmm. and you couldn't yeah. ten years ago because the 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 space was so. You know, but was was just a little bit uh, more popular, I guess. And uh, but now it's 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 really nice to see somebody like Billy Strings picking up the torch. Yeah. And we were seeing him at the Bijou three years ago. Yeah. You're seeing Tyler Childers at the at uh, 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 what's it called in the old city? The Jig and Reel. Yeah. You know, yep. five years ago. And then now these guys have, have kind of attracted, even though Tyler Childers is country, like take him and Sturgill and mm-hmm. Billy Strings all have this like appeal to the psychedelic culture yeah. for some reason. Yeah, and then uh, and then you never know. I saw I saw a quote in some article the other day that uh, the new those guys like the new Americana guys are like emo country. Like it's it's mm-hmm. very reminiscent of that scene and yeah. the angst that came along with the emo culture. You know, I thought that was really interesting. Well, I've I've always said that you know Kentucky is is the state of Kentucky is outputting some really good uh, country music right now. That's very heartfelt and. And it's not it's not Nashville dress up country. Yeah, it's like yeah. my life is shitty, and I want to kind of tell you about it right yeah. right here. And you got you know Stapleton, you got uh, uh, Tyler Childers and, and Sturgill, hell yeah, but all coming out of Kentucky and, yep. and doing this this thing that for some reason is resonating. Yeah, with with a, like a, a little facet of, of music fans, Lucas Nelson and all. This. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. yeah. He was in he was in Nashville for uh, the Tedeschi Trucks shows. Of course last, he was. Yeah, Why two, would it? Two Why would it? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so that's great that you guys have a venue where you can kind of get these outdoor acts that that are you know big enough to bring a following and can yeah, bring. Some, so I guess mid tier people, but exactly. also I think I think once word gets out, you know. We've got a really nice facility. There's a we've got a green room behind the stage with a, a dressing room and bathroom and stuff like that. Oh, and the, the tour bus can pull right next to the stage and not have to mess with anybody. I'd love to be able to get the word out there enough to where we can get some underplays, some some people that haven't played a small venue in a long time that would see our facility, be like, you know what, that'd be a cool show, and just mm-hmm. offer them the moon. And try yeah. to get try to get some bigger bands to come down and play for seven hundred people. You know, wouldn't that be great? It'd be awesome. Well, yeah, Billy Strings did something like that last night in Athens at the uh, Georgia Theater, which is a thousand person venue. Really? After playing Bridgestone two weekends ago, <laughs> Arena. Now you're playing a thousand person theater. It's got to be romantic for somebody like that. You know, like it has playing to be. a small room. I, so I, I say think, I say small for a thousand people, but that is small for him. Yeah, yeah. and and I mean I think if you can if you can offer that up and you can get people to agree to That'd do be it. Sick. I mean, dude, I saw I saw Bob Dylan at the Tennessee theater one time and mm-hmm. the, yeah the ticket was 250 bucks mm-hmm. almost f- 20 years ago to see it but they sold out but sure. they sold yep. yeah they absolutely yep. sold out because it was it's like 
incredibly intimate. Yeah. It, it was a, it's a great venue. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you guys can, can offer that up and, and yeah, maybe, maybe tickets are more expensive than, yeah. than, but man, you can't go to a concert now for less than a hundred dollars a ticket. It's crazy. That's the way I see it. We'll be, we'll be really affordable. I want, yeah. I want us to be very affordable ticket price wise. You know, we're not going to be shooting for the moon unless it's, unless it's one of those underplay scenarios that yeah. I was talking about. So you guys have bars and everything outside. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a full, it's actually the biggest bar I've ever worked behind. I mean, it's enormous, but uh, we got, we got draft beer and draft cocktails. We'll have, we'll have adult slushies out there. Some bushwhacker. Oh, man. I've got, a, I've got a pretty good bushwhacker recipe cooked up. What's bushwhacker? Fun. It's like the chocolate. It's like a, a, it's like a boozy frosty. Ah, it's good. Okay. It's really good. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, are you guys doing other people's beer too or serving other people's beer now? We're doing other people's non-alcoholic beer. Ooh, that yeah. sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah. We're doing untitled art. We got four of their cans. Uh, we got a really good mocktail list. We're, we're a safe space for everybody. You know, I want, I want something to be offered for everybody. Uh, I thought it was interesting that dry January really caught on this year. It seemed like. Yeah. A, a lot I'm, of people I'm into talking it, man. about it. I like, yeah. I like taking a break every once in a while. Yeah. Sleep, I have, sleep like a baby when you do that too. Yeah. I did uh, sober October a few years back and mm. October is a horrible time to, to not be drinking beer with yep. football season. And we always get a few good concerts coming through town right <laughs> yeah. around then. It's almost like you're, 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 you're torturing yourself yep. Yep. <laughs> a little bit. January, February. That's a good time to do it. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> but I did three months this year and did I'm still, really? yeah, I'm still in the middle of it. So January, February, March, April 1st, is my first I thought you meant you were just doing this month no man good for you I know I'm mm. I'm pretty uh pretty amazed by by right the on. uh by the results they're they're uh physiological in nature mm-hmm, I uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've lost a bunch of weight <laughs> like, like a spring chicken exactly not putting a bunch of calories in my in, in my body uh so the uh one thing that I'm noticing about where where yeehaw is is that f- five years ago that was very much an up and coming corner of mm-hmm. Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And then you have Axel Logistics move in, yeah. which is, you know, hundreds of employees at this point. Yeah. You guys move in and it's like, it, you kind of felt it when Elkmont happened that things were getting, were, were, were getting bigger and almost too big, but Elkmont, it didn't seem like it ever took off. And the first time I was at Yeehaw, which was the first, you know, a few days you guys had opened, it already felt like it was going to be big. Mm. So that, that corner of Knoxville central and Broadway has gotten two really big heavy hitters Mm -hmm. in the last few years Mm -hmm. with you guys. And with Axel, where are we parking cars? It's uh, (laughs) a great segue. Uh, It's a challenge. Yeah. It's a challenge. Um, We are, in talks with Axel about kind of sharing some some space for cars. Um, well, yeah, because they are a business and they get busy from eight in the morning till five in the evening. Well, those those guys work pretty much all the time. Do they? Yeah, they're okay. they're they're hard at it. Okay. Um, yeah, they're hustlers over there. Man. They are. It's yeah. awesome. You don't grow like they did without having some hard for sure work going on. We call it Wolf of Wall Street over there. It, that's what they're, it looks like. I've been in it. the in that building during yeah. business hours many times, and yeah. it's like it really is like a New York Stock Exchange vibe. Yeah. Other than that, though, like I I really. I, I don't know. I, I don't know who to talk to in the city, but we need a parking garage around there somewhere for sure. Yeah. Um, Somebody make a killing building one of those. Be a good revenue generator. Yeah. Yeah. And we never needed one until yeah. now. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, I, I, it's something I lose sleep over, honestly. I don't really, I, I want to be as good of a neighbor as we can. And yeah. uh, there's, people are getting creative with parking and it's, 
not always the most fun for everybody around. You yeah. Know? So is that hard? Do you have folks getting a little resentful or getting other businesses around there? They're getting upset with you guys for bringing more people to town without I mean, it, the infrastructure it, in place. It's going to happen no matter what. I mean, yeah. it, especially with a bigger place and more people coming in, you're, you're going to upset some folks. But, you know, we we did a, a really good outreach for our grand opening with the neighborhood and the neighboring businesses and, you know, before we open, just kind of come on over and check it out. We did kind of a soft opening kind of deal, but uh, yeah, I, I worry about it a lot. The the thing that I feel like would uniquely qualify you to to you know not only be sensitive to that, but also be the right guy to represent Yeehaw uh, <laughs> with this you know kind of gigantic thing coming to a a neighborhood mm-hmm. ultimately mm-hmm. is you live there for you lived in the neighborhood you lived yeah. blocks from there for eight, eight a long years. time eight years owned yeah. a home there yep just recently moved yep. right yeah and so you know I, I do feel like you 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 know you probably know the know everybody in the neighborhood and want to probably advocate on their behalf Absolutely. just as much as you do on yeah. on on the business's behalf because yeah. i'm sure that you know you want your you, your business yeehaw to be uh to, to be a good neighbor. It's a tug well. of war. Yeah, they're like a lot of my buddies live in the neighborhood and I want them to be happy that we're there instead of pissed off that we're there, you know. Do you guys own the food truck park? Uh it's a it's an ownership group that owns that property okay. and the and the warehouse adjoining it. Mm-hmm. Uh there's just a little bit of over ownership overlap okay. is what I call it. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But it's not like a Yeehaw property. Okay, cuz I know you were there for a little while operating Yeah, I, I ran it for Two years, two years, yeah, right out of COVID, during COVID, yeah. Well, it 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 seems also like it was the uh, kind of high watermark years for the for the food truck park too. While you were there, I, I, yes. I identified at least anecdotally a lot of growth during the time that you were there. Yeah, it. I was, uh, yeah, it was July of 2020 when I took over there, and mm-hmm. it was the height of COVID, kind of like we were kind of just now coming out of it but people were not going inside so yeah it was really cool to be able to offer an outdoor space for people to feel comfortable in and safe because we were we were pretty uh adhere uh strict about the covid protocols yeah. even, even though we were outside but people appreciated that and well i and loved running it man did you it's uh unfortunate but i, I don't think we're going to be reopening for the season so yeah. we uh, yeah i figured that was gonna this, happen. this past year was a, a sharp decline in business was um, it well, I mean, it's understandable. There's uh there are other food truck parks in Knoxville now that are much nicer. <laughs> I mean, they've they're beautiful spaces for yep. sure. And uh you know, people aren't afraid to go inside anymore and you know, mm. it's, it it was a sharp decline. Yeah. Well, and it seems like a tough business model because really, I mean, other than the rent that you're charging for your food trucks to to park there, which you're is selling which beer, isn't much at all. I'm yeah. sure it can't. I mean, it, I don't know how it could be, or they wouldn't be able to afford it. Be yeah. cost prohibitive for your food truck yeah, operators. Yeah, we, we charge them enough to pay for their slot on the KUB. You know, that was yeah. that's pretty much it. So really, you make all the money there selling beer, right? Selling canned beer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that seems like a tough business model. It, yeah, it's tough. Uh, it, it's a brilliant business model if there's business there. I mean, it's the, the overhead is non-existent. You're just, you're paying for KUB and a little bit of water to, to water the plants with, you know, but yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Don't, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, it, was it the first one though? Was it the first yeah. food truck first, park? First one in Knoxville. Well, it served its purpose then. Mm-hmm. It bridged us to the food truck park generation in That's Knoxville it. because we didn't have any. And you'd go to cities like Austin or Nashville and you'd see these food truck parks that even have yeah. permanent 
permanent food trucks yeah. in them sometimes. Yeah. Um, and you're like, why don't we have one of these yet? And yeah. then you guys kind of proof of concepted it. Yeah. Or you got, got Southside Garage now, and uh, there's one in uh, there's one in like Powell area, C- uh, Creekside or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a few, and there's a couple that I've heard of. They're going to be opening soon too. So yeah, it's just it's Com- be... competition's only getting harder. Yeah, for sure. Do any of them have indoor uh, an indoor element to them? Because it seems like being seasonal would be a part of that business model. That's also very hard. Well, the newer ones, uh, they at least have good bathrooms, which we did not have. Mm. <laughs> it's a big plus. Yeah, they're portable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll be happy if I never see another porta potty again. You know? Oh, but, really? Well, you know, it's it's a lot of upkeep. It's a lot of upkeep. <laughs> We had the cleanest porta potties in Knoxville, though. I will tell you that much. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, they're they're doing they're doing good jobs with these new these new food trap parts for sure. They're nice. They're really nice. Uh, the uh, one more thing I want to I want to touch on because we're uh, the the event that we're we're working with you guys to to bring there is like a film screening uh, to do outside yeah. at Yeehaw. Yeah. So you guys have a gigantic LED wall, don't yes. you? Yes. Yeah. Twenty four foot. I call it the jumbotron. Well. You should, because <laughs> we started looking into like what it would be for us to buy the equipment to be able to put these to put these film screenings on anywhere that we wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, find a, a, a venue that would take it, whether they had whether they had no AV infrastructure. Sure. If you could only give us a 20 amp service of power, could we do the show? Right. And uh, the biggest hurdle is projectors uh outdoors because yeah. the the whole lumen you can't get enough lumens to yeah. be able to see yeah. you know projected stuff and they make i think they make projectors that can do it but they're super expensive they are super expensive yeah. and they're not as good as they say they are really yeah mm. from what i understand yeah i asked my buddy who's who does av work uh owns an av company and i was like how many lumens do you <sighs> need to you know i was like four thousand eight thousand lumens is what uh, i'm finding for these outdoor projectors what do you need to, to be able to see in direct sunlight and he said a million <laughs> and it's still not enough <laughs> oh he was like God. don't even think about it <laughs> but you guys have solved that problem with the big led wall yeah we, with the we, jumbotron we put in our first ones at the nashville location when we opened that up and and uh, they've got one inside and one outside the the, yeah. the LED wall, um, and then it went so well that we did Greenville has one as well, and then now yeah. we've got one. It's beautiful. Oh my god! I mean, it's it's a hell of a screen for sure. So how how corporate is is Yeehaw now with four locations? Like how involved are you in that kind of business side, and how involved are you in all the other different locations? Well, it's 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 definitely different now than it. Used to be. I mean, I think I was like the, I don't know, 10th or 11th employee hired at Yeehaw mm. uh, seven years ago. But uh, yeah, we have a small corporate team now that's responsible for the overall business of the company that kind of keeps us all going in the same direction. But uh, at a local level, it's, it's me and 107 of my kids, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So is it, a? I guess it's regional craft brewery level. Is that right? Uh, or is that a... Zach Roskop told me the, all the different designations one time. I think there are official designations. I just don't know them. Don't know. We're, we're probably not big enough to be a regional craft brewery. Those guys are putting out major, major volume. That's like a Sweetwater or something. Sweetwater, like that. Highlands, things like that. So you guys yeah. don't put out as much beer as those guys. Oh no way. Huh. No. Are you guys finding finding that the uh, off premise sales at grocery stores and things like that are growing with the kind of brand recognition that you've brought with a brick and mortar or is that's it too a, early to tell? Oh, that's a great question. I I am not 
so I was I was our sales and marketing person for East Tennessee for five years. So that was my wheelhouse, and it's yeah. just it's just not it's not a part of what I do anymore. So I, I don't have numbers or, or anything like that. Well, there's a ton of buzz about you guys right now. And it's all, you know, everybody's yeehaw, yeehaw, yeehaw. <laughs> it seems like, and I mean, it, it, I'm finding very few, like if any kind of people who, people who aren't ex- excited that you guys oh, are there and buddy, they're out there. Are they? Oh yeah, Why? for sure. Well, we're, we're doing big things and, and, we're going to ruffle some feathers. Uh, yeah. It's change. Is change. It, yeah. yeah. It, so there's, there you're running into some get off my lawn people as, as much and as hard as I try to be, uh, you know, understanding of people and, and what they're going through around us and things like that. I mean, it's, you can only do so much to please people and you're not going to please everybody, but they're, they're out there. There's people that aren't super excited that we're here, but yeah. that's part of it. Well, it, it, I, I don't see that many of them. I see a lot, a lot more cheerleaders Good. for you guys than I do anything. And Good. I hope to be one of those too, yeah, because man. while, you know, while I, I've not been a, uh, you know, you've been my only connection to, to Yeehaw over the years. Now I feel like it's a, a member of the community as a brand. And I feel like it's something that we can kind of, you know, get behind and feel some yeah. ownership of. And it's fun too. That place is awesome. It's gorgeous. And, uh, you know, we're within walking distance of like 10 breweries and I, all that I want to do is add to their experience and their business and, sure. and kind of lift everybody up. Yeah. I think with a place that big, it's, it's kind of, it's, we should be a tent pole for the neighborhood and try mm. to help everybody else out. That's, that's the hope anyway. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it feels right. And from, from when I was in there, the vibe that, that I got, and for some reason this came to mind and I don't know why it did, but I, I, I thought, this is the, this is the vibe and the feel for a neighborhood spot that uh, Marble City Market w- was aiming for mm. and wanted to have. Like I, it felt. I think because it because Yeehaw is not a table service place, mm. it feels like it almost feels like a bus station. Like yeah. people are coming through. You're kind of left doing, left to your own devices. Yeah, it's not like you're turning over you're turning over tables. It's not mm. like there's any kind of structure to your visit to Yeehaw. Yep. You can come and grab some food to go. Choose your own adventure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Choose your own adventure. And it feels like you guys you guys nailed it in that way. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's um, been a hoot. It's really fun. Well, you uh the I know that you've had a great time getting that place open. Mm-hmm. Didn't like everything happen at once right when you, uh, <laughs> right before you, uh, right before you opened it? 2023 has been wild. It's been already. A, uh, yeah. We're, it's, we're, it's been, it's been three a months year. In. It's been a year, man, for sure. Well, well, hit me with it. Uh, well, yeah. So we were training and, and preparing to open all through January. Uh, and at the same time in late January, we found out that our youngest son, Bowman, who was seven months old at the time, had a brain tumor. So had to, uh, so we had taken him to the pediatrician for a normal checkup. His head size had increased unexpectedly. And we, I mean, we're around him every day, obviously. So we didn't really notice that his head was getting bigger. So pediatrician, the angel that he was, uh, made us go in for an ultrasound on his head to make sure everything was going okay. Strictly because of the metrics. Like he saw his head getting bigger. And, And, you know, we, we always thought it was just some cute thing that the pediatrician does like, Oh, you're, you're son's head size is like 75th percentile or whatever you know but you know it's it saved his life uh we went in for an ultrasound they found a mass they immediately checked us in for an emergency cat scan um and uh checked us into the 
pediatric ICU, the PICU at Children's Hospital. And then that Saturday we had surgery. It's uh it's crazy. It's crazy. I talked to you around that time and I will I'll be honest. I mean, I've always appreciated your positivity and how much of uh, a, a positive kind of person and and how that impacts other people around you. And I think because of that, dude, that's the first time I've cried oh. in like a few years no. when you told me that because I was hurting for you so bad, man. Oh. And I couldn't imagine um, what you guys were going through on top of everything. I mean, you were moving. You just sold your house we, at the we, same time. We sold our house at uh, in December and had until the end of January to move out. So, yeah, we were while we were in the PICU, uh, our entire family like rallied together and packed our whole house up for us to move because we hadn't done any packing yet by the time we, we checked in. And what so. kind of headspace are you in at this point? I mean, when you when when you first told me about it, it was, hey, going to have to reschedule the podcast because they <laughs> yeah, have, yeah, we, you know, we, we had, to we had to, lined it up. Yeah, yeah. We, we were ready to go. Yeah. And, and you said, you know, we, we've, you know. Bowman has uh, something that they need to look at. Yeah. And and then, you know, the news, I kept checking in with you yeah. every few days, just yeah. checking. And it's like. Appreciated that, by the way. Well, yeah. man, yeah. I was, I was, I was yeah. just feeling for you. And and it's like the news got got bad. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I was, I I'm, can't imagine what you were going through. But you know, what was it like it's, for you? I don't, uh, it's uh, duck on a water. You know, just trying to get through it and yeah. keep everybody else around me lifted up during crazy times. You know, my wife and our parents and our other son, Ford, who's three and a half. You know, he had no idea what was going on. He was uh, my sister. He kind of stayed with my sister and, and her parents the whole time. So he was just having sleepovers. You know, he was having a great time. He was thriving. But, uh, you know, it's it it doesn't help anybody if I'm down in the dumps about what's going on around me. I can only help people if I stay positive and keep people going you know so duck on the water do you ever have moments where you have to reconcile all that positive output it catches up yeah for sure like and you got to pay the piper on that Well, when bowen was fixing to go in for surgery you know it was me and him and mom in there uh trying to keep him calm before he checked in for surgery you know they had they had prepped him up and gotten him ready and we were fixing to say goodbye to him you know and uh we finally got down to where the operating room was. We walked down on the, with a stretcher with them, and it, they were like, "Would y'all y'all take a moment and and you know let them know that you're here, and we'll be we'll be right back." And I, like, we said bye, held it together, and then walking away to the waiting room, I I fucking lost it. I lost it. Luckily, Stephanie was in front of me; she didn't see me. But I, we got to the waiting room. I was like, "I've got to go to the bathroom. Uh, I'll be right back." And I, dude, it was. It caught up for sure, but so, I mean, it's it's called a a choroid plexus tumor. It uh, it was causing his body to produce extra spinal fluid, so he was physically developmentally behind. You know, he wasn't holding his head up or things like that. We just thought he was just kind of delayed. We 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 weren't trying to compare him to his brother too much or anything. You know, we didn't want to be cruel, but so yeah, that that was the reason why he was delayed, and um, the tumor ended up getting sent off for biopsy and everything's benign and he's wow. he's doing great he's healed up well i say healed up he's got a fucking gnarly scar all across the back of his head but uh so so it was in the back yeah so right, right above the spinal cord there's there's like 
pockets in the back of your brain where uh, spinal fluid is stored before it's sent down. And that's that's where it was. Do you know how big it was? Four centimeters, which Four is centimeters. huge in a, yeah. in a little baby's brain. Percentage-wise, no, that's buddy, really that's, big. That's millimeters. I mean, four centimeters is big. Really? Yeah. You see it on a scan. It's like it's it's a a big part of that that baby's head. It was big. It's crazy. But how, when did you turn the corner emotionally? Like, did, when did you get a feeling like, okay, this is? I found out that it was benign on our first day of training the staff. Uh, so I I had left the hospital. Stephanie was still there to go train our staff for the first day of training. And she called me saying it was benign. And uh, it caught up again. <laughs> I had to, I had to go away for a minute. I was so fucking happy. But I mean, that's finding out that it was benign was the turning point for sure. Cause we were in the hospital for a week and a half at that point. So um, he was only in there for a few more days after that. And we, we got to check out. Is he doing better? Yeah, he's doing great. It, he's in, he's in all the physical therapy and occupational therapy and stuff like that. Whoa! Did the power just go out? Well, we're still running. Yeah, I feel like we should at least turn <laughs> on like some the, lights. Is there like though? a motion sensor that we've got to activate. What the heck just happened? <laughs> Why did all the lights go out? Don't know. This is weird, man. Hold on one sec. Alexa, turn on the lights. That's amazing. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> I mean, it's not as exciting as a tree falling down on the house or anything. But, no, you that's, know. that saved that for Curtis Glover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, just in case anybody is wondering, Alexa's here in the shop <laughs> listening to the podcast, just like everybody else. So if you, you ever I, wonder. I must have said the wrong thing. I don't know. <laughs> mm. Oh, man. Well, I am. I, I, I can't tell you. I don't I don't know why. I, I feel like I've not had. I guess it's because of your your positivity as an individual and how much you give everybody else and give to the world just so much positive, good energy. Hmm. I haven't felt that much empathy for someone else in a in a really long time, man. May, maybe, maybe ever. And I know that you had to be going through it, man. And I'm just that that unfortunate scenario um, probably couldn't have happened to a person who's better to emotionally handle it than you i feel mm. like and uh what yeah, a blessing until I, until I start crying on this podcast <laughs> well what a blessing mm. that it's what a blessing that it's that it that it you know came out came out right and came out the way it's supposed yeah. to. i'm so it, happy for you all <laughs> things considered it couldn't have gone any better yeah you know yeah and and then you know you're you're just whirlwind starting this business and moving out of your <laughs> moving out of our house. So we we bought a property that has to be completely renovated. We've got to dig out the foundation. You're and a glutton for punishment. Everything sorry. has to be redone on this house. Where so is it? West Knox? It's in West Knox near Lakeside Tavern. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's out there. What, what? Charles? Where we we're, <laughs> What are you doing? Is it Eagle Glen? Uh Concord. Okay. Uh, historic Concord. No way. Down by the railroad yeah, tracks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, Yeah, man. it's awesome. So that is such a cool little pocket yeah. that nobody ever even thinks nobody about. Nobody knows about it. Yeah, it's just like we, tucked down in there. We, uh, My favorite thing to do with Ford during pandemic, he, he pandemic uh, started when he was like eight months old. So he and I would just go on drives because mom worked from home as a producer. She would She was working remotely. So Ford and I would just get lost in Knoxville. Like I'm, I lived here my whole life and I was like, well, I, I haven't seen every street. So by God, we tried to see every street. It was my favorite thing to do ever. Uh, just ride around with the homie and listen to music. But uh, ended up coming across Concord. I was like, what the hell is this place? For those that don't know, it's like it's a historic town 
that was like the where they sent marble off from onto barges to ship out mm. back in the old days. So uh, it it's like a little it's like a little old town with us. Yeah, it's like a little hamlet, like a village yeah. down there. There's yeah. a church down there, yeah. right? Is it still in operation? Do you know? Uh, there there are a couple of churches. The actually, so this is fun. The original Concord Baptist Church is on my property. It was, no way. Yeah, it was built in 1891, I think. Concord Baptist Church is now on Kingston Pike it's all the way out near- Very Park. much bigger than the church that's on my property. <laughs> Do you remember <laughs> going there in middle school? Did you ever go there in middle uh-uh. school? To con- uh, that was what uh, all my friends did on Wednesday night. Yeah. Went uh-uh. to Concord Baptist Church. <laughs> I didn't know the OG was down by the river. Yeah. So our house was built in 1860-something, and then the, the church was built next door in the 1890s, and it, they're both part of our property. I so remember. I'm going to redo it and make it the next little homebrew spot. Are you? Yeah. Agenda? Yeah. It'd be fun. Heck yes. Yeah. That is, uh, I, I hadn't been down there in so long. And every time I'm down there on the river, uh, uh, I look over there and I'm like, man, I drive by this all the time in a car and I forget that this yeah. little village is yeah, even down neat. here. It's neat. And so, I remember- beca- oh, sorry, because it has to be completely renovated. During all that, when my family was packing us up to move, we were moving to Stephanie's parents' house mm-hmm. to stay there while we renovate the house. So, where do they? Where is that? Is oh, that they're, the town? They're, out, they're out in like uh, Hardin Valley. Okay, wow, that's that's really out there. Just adding adding to the list of crazy shit, you know? Yeah, <sighs> moving in with the in laws. That's uh, yeah, I'd say twenty. Uh, the last three months, Charles has been <laughs> just about as much as any sane person could handle. Is uh, are you are you there right now while your house yeah. is, is being renovated? Yeah. Man, I told you this in a text. Um, we, when we sold our when we sold our Park Ridge house, we it was like right when you know inventory was getting low anyway mm-hmm. with with houses. We sold at a great time to sell a house. Mm-hmm. Horrible time to buy a house. That <laughs> yeah. whole story. Yeah. And so what we we wanted to kind of get ahead of it and sell our house. And by, and, and but by the time it was time to close our house, we still hadn't found mm-hmm. this place. We hadn't mm-hmm. found the right place to move yet. Mm-hmm. And so we did the same thing that you're doing right yeah. now. And we moved all our stuff into storage. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't have a house to live in. And we were like, let's just, we'll stay with Sarah's parents. <laughs> yep. And we did. And man, it was an era of my life that it was too short because it was so enjoyable. Like yeah. it, because you don't spend enough time with your family anyway. Mm-hmm. And to be able to spend, you know, that much time where you're living with your in-laws. I mean, if, if I didn't have great in-laws, it would yeah. have not been as much fun for but, sure. But yeah. I, you know, relish spending we have, time we, with, we them. have lucked out with good in-laws. We, that's for sure. we really have. And yeah. it was like, it was, it, it's like one of the best f- two month spans of my entire life. It was like a little bit of vacation. It felt like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to keep focused on that then for sure. I'm going <laughs> to take that with me. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I would, people always add, they're like, why don't you move to Atlanta where the film industry is bigger, mm-hmm. New York or LA? I'm like, well, I've already kind of done the big city thing. Like mm-hmm. moved to LA and when I was, you know, pretty much a kid and like, I don't have that itch to scratch anymore, but also I feel so fortunate to have family that I love around here, both yeah. on Sarah's side and on my side of the family. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to miss out on, on that and being appreciative of that because it's very much a, um, 
it, it's very much a privilege, yeah. I think, to have to have family that that you love spending time with. Yeah, half the people out there hate their families, <laughs> and especially their in laws. So. Man, they they get some quality time with them grandbabies too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's it's perfect. Well, well, I'm glad. So things are, I guess, starting to settle out a little bit one by one. one by good one. good report for Bowman. Yeah, and we think he's yeah. going to catch up developmentally, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. this seems like they found the problem and all that. Yeah, and, very fortunate. For sure, Yeehaw has um, Yeehaw has gotten off to a killer start. Yeehaw be like. Yeehaw be yeeing. It's it's doing its thing for sure. So this is good. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, I mean, you only really have, I guess, one more big hurdle here. That's uh, get that <laughs> get that house built. I mean, get some, get some shovels in the ground for sure. Yeah, and yeah. then and then you're gonna be mm-hmm. then you're gonna be going again. It'll be nice to be a little bit farther away than you know ten blocks from where I work though, because I. Did really? I, man, I just, I would get called down there all the time. I know I would. Like, hey, something's wrong with the printer. Can you come down and check it out? Well, now I'm like, only call me if the building's on fire because it's going to take yeah. me a while to get there, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. um, that's really, uh, I, I, I've heard a blessing and a curse living, living close to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would be there all, all of the time. <laughs> yeah. You will get to get, get, give a little, give a little buffer now. Yeah. How much of your time is it? taken up right now is it your sole focus i mean is it- you know for the first couple of weeks i was there for a, an insane amount of time but with the team that i've got there i'm i'm on like a 40 hour a week schedule right now it's great it's so great yeah it's awesome My, you got good i've good got good people. people that i can leave it to and just be like it's gonna be fine for tonight yeah yeah that's awesome i um uh, i drove by hops and hollers today which oh, I, I know i yeah. know it, it looks really great and looks like it's ready for somebody somebody to be in there and i'm like man just uh, i wish they could have made it another year because you guys seem to be bringing more people to the neighborhood like i've yeah. even heard people talk about marie's getting a bump in traffic good good yeah, because, i love that place yeah it's I a do, gym i do too i might yeah. go sing some karaoke down there yeah tonight. corner lounge I, yeah I, ho- I hope they're doing a lot better i mean they've always done great but yeah harb and all them down there we uh we are frequenters of Corner Lounge. My staff is. It's, really, it's, it's a lot of fun. Is it's... best sandwich in Knoxville? Really, I am not lying. To Which you. one? Uh, the Italian Stallion. Okay, they got jarnera that they don't chop up. It's like whole chunk. Jarnera. What's jarnera? It's like sp- spicy pickled vegetables. Okay, dude, it's so good. Got to do it. Got to do it. Check it out. Okay. Um, what about uh, your your hours when you guys close? And I think about this because I think of my service industry uh, days of like, gotta have a place to go smoke cigarettes and uh, and, and drink beer after work when you get off. What well, time do you, are you guys? Done? You know, nothing good happens after midnight. Oh, so well, that's why that's yeah, what I would go. Out. Yeah. So uh, yeah, let's see. Tuesday, Wednesday, we close at eleven, no ten o'clock, and then uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, midnight. And then on Monday night, I stay open from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. We do a uh, industry night, a service industry night. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't know about that. Dis- discounted beverages, and we do late night brunch for the for the people just getting off work. Yeah, uh, yeah, bunch of good stuff. That's really great. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, so, I, I guess from your service industry days, you also have a, a soft spot in your heart. Hell I guess yeah. you're back in your service industry days. That's it. It's crazy. I yeah. was in it for 20 years. Got out for five to sell beer, and now I'm right back in it. Well, it's funny that you know you hear about. Uh, it, it feels like the golden parachute for a waiter or a bartender is to get hired by the distributor. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Isn't I would, that? I would what, love to work for like a Cherokee of the world for right. sure. Isn't that what what like when you 
that's almost like you graduate from serving. It's the grown up job you get. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you start to make, you know, what, six figures a year? And Shit. I don't can, know. I hope so. Well, almost, I think. And you can build it. <laughs> you can start to build a build a life yeah. around it. And, yeah. you know, the hours are normal. Yeah. It's almost like that, like that, uh, 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 delineation in someone's life when they when they get he finally, out of he finally made it yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but you did that and then now you went back <laughs> yeah yeah for sure I, I got sucked back in man I couldn't resist it I, I've always uh, I, I, yeah people ask me like what would you do if you don't do what you do now and I'm like well I'm doing what I love which is great but I would I would work in restaurants man yeah I love it I love the pace I yeah. love the I love that you're hosting people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like you you may understand this, like entertaining folks, being their being their guide on the the thing that they went out to do. They're spending mm-hmm. their hard-earned money with you. Mm-hmm. They're tr- they're entrusting you that they're going to have a good time at your establishment. And, I, I, and there's no worse feeling in the world than not providing that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a that's a tough one when that happens for sure. I I love running a place though now. Uh being the problem solver, like if something is fucked up, my staff comes to me to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. And I, I love being able to fix those problems. It, it kind of gets me going through the day. I love it. What's that, been the biggest one so far? Oh, shit. Uh, honestly, there hasn't really been a big one. But the small things, it's it, it happens a lot. There's always something that needs to be attended to. But, uh, boy, that minute hand moves fast through the day. I'll tell you that much. Does it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're always on your feet. You're always walking. I'm averaging like... 26,000 steps a shift or something like that. Uh, wow. It's good. Are you guys taking in shipments from other yeehaws mm-hmm. to, to fill up your... Yeah. So all all of our core beers are coming from Johnson City. Uh, all of our ciders, I mean, our seltzers are coming from Nashville. And Greenville sends us some stuff every now and then. But uh, but yeah. Is, is yeehaw... I, I think just recently in my life, I've realized that not everyone's... Not everyone who owns a business or not every business's goal is to take over the world and be gigantic. <laughs> so what, uh, uh, as much as you know about it, like what are Yeehaw's, it seems like Yeehaw's been very calculated about growth mm-hmm. and has ingratiated themselves to communities yeah. and then become kind of tent poles or pillars, as you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you don't see just one popping up all over the place. They've it's been very smart about yeah, it. Yeah, it's kind of, I'm not sure if I've seen it done this way before, but yeah. So Joe Baker, who I'm sure I lambasted about. Lambasted, is that a word? Yeah, it is. I, it means I, you like I saw, dress somebody down. I sung him praises. Oh, you you sung his praises? Yeah. That's the opposite, I think. Opposite of lambasted. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, Joe Baker, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. You've uh, celebrated him. Yeah. So he owns the company and, you know, he's he's from East Tennessee and he's said that, uh, you know, no matter how much we do, Yeehaw will always be a Southeastern company. So we're not we're not trying to take over the world here. We're just trying to take care of our own region. Um you know, we were solely focused on distribution for a while there where we just had one tap room in Johnson City and we had a we had a sales force for a tiny little brewery in Johnson City. So we were trying to get as many tap handles and can placements as we could. Now And that's what you were doing. Yeah. Okay. And now the tap rooms have done so well that focus has certainly shifted to ah, the tap rooms. Really? Uh, yeah, oh yeah. So distribution and off-premise sales is not as big of a priority for Yeehaw as it was when the company was conceived. It's still a priority, but certainly not as as much as it was. I mean, I, one thing that I, I don't know if I don't know what I said in the last episode or not. So I'm sorry for yeah, repeating either. myself. But uh, you know, people at when we first started were like they're a, they're a uh, a marketing company that happens to brew beer. Mm. And which is fairly true we were really good at at getting out there and selling that beer 
but yeah, these uh, these local tap rooms that we're opening, it's it's become it's become a great way to do things for sure. Are the other ones? Uh, are, do they have kind of the same? service offering outside of just food and drink that you guys do with the events and all that or did they become more of that like bus station vibe that i'm talking about where people just <laughs> want to come and hang out there because it's, or there's always people passing through johnson city our original location is very quaint mm-hmm. and uh it's an old uh train station yeah. that we converted so it's 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 really romantic spot like i i love that building so it's it's a really good place to go chill and you know watch a tv or hang out on their little patio. So it's very different from our other locations. Nashville, Nashville's a fucking party. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Really? Bachelorette yeah. parties and oh, shit? woo girls all over the place. Woo for girls sure. and yeah. pedal cabs going yeah, by? Yep, yep, uh, yep. Is it a pedal cab stop? No, it's not an official stop, but okay. they're, they're nearby. Or what are they calling that pedal cabs? Uh, pedal taverns. Sure, yeah. those. And then the, uh, the, the party buses, they're mm-hmm. around. So, I mean, it's, it's, we thrive on tourism there for sure. Really? Oh yeah. Is there a mechanical bull? No, there's not a mechanical bull. But do not mention it to Joe Baker. <laughs> Actually, that'd be that'd be he's he'd be too risk averse for that with the liability of it. So <laughs> thankfully, I don't think that'll ever happen. But uh, and then Greenville Greenville's kind of a lot like the Knoxville location. It's it's more local centric and it's a good place to come hang out. And you know they've also got a jumbotron. And, yeah. So it's probably more the most like yeah. Knoxville. Yeah. Yeah. Greenville and Knoxville have some really interesting similarities. I know you you used to live in Greenville, right? Yeah, I did. That's a really, really cool town. It is. Yep. I, I really like Greenville a lot. Uh the food and beverage industry there, they take it very, very seriously. Yeah. It it might not be as big as you know, it it, it outpunches its weight with the town. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think just because you have so much uh, just because you have so much, uh, uh, there's a lot of money in Greenville. Yeah. And I think because you have so many people that are not afraid to spend their money going out, they want to have a good time. Yeah. Like you can be a career waiter, waitress, bartender in Greenville and make good money. Oh yeah. I mean, Absolutely. It, they're, and, and they're all over the place. They're all up and down main street. Mm-hmm. They moved their baseball stadium downtown mm-hmm. 15 years ago. Well, first thing they did was build that single-sided suspension bridge that started to bring a lot of people to town the Reedy, over Reedy River Falls. Hmm. And it was like an architectural marvel hmm. that then started to uh, just kind of proliferate some growth downtown. And then now, I mean, the west end of downtown in Greenville, uh, the west Main, which is a place that, from what I hear, was a dangerous part of town hmm. 20 years ago. That's where they built the baseball stadium. Hmm. Now you can't find a place to park. There's restaurants all around it, huh. they they seem to have left. They whoever whoever Greenville city planner is, mm. and whoever their leadership for growth is, I, I feel like they have uh, their gambles have paid off. But it seems like they were very calculated. It's a lot too. like it's a lot like Chattanooga, like ten years yes. ago. It is, and it also has the same like. I don't, I mean, I don't really mean this derogatorily, but maybe I kind of do, but it is very white and very Christian and very trust fundy. Like Mm. it just happens to be, you know, a a, a lot of that going on. Knoxville, you know, I, I probably get uh, uh, mistaken for, for, for being unhoused from time to time, just rolling (laughs) around town. Like you just, it's Knoxville so much different. You don't see a lot of polos and and, thankfully, thankfully, but you know, we do have the, we do have the baseball stadium coming downtown here in the next couple of years. I'm psyched. Which I mean, man, like I got two boys. We're buying season tickets. It's going to be a blast. 
I'm, I'm trying to get soccer the lock- games down there. Yes. Concerts. Yeah, dude, it's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be a huge uh, 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 kind of growth catalyst. I and think. that's another thing where it's you know a big a big project. You're going to get a bunch of haters on it, but yep. I think it's going to be fantastic for our town. Well, I think I think they've they've uh, even to get the funding for it, they went through a lot of uh, scrutiny and mm-hmm. a lot of. Uh, you know, assuaged a lot of people's, um, you know, reluctance to want to have it. But uh, it seems like they've got, you know, mostly buy-in. I mean, even when Alan Sims was here, Knoxville urban guy, like that was a great, I asked that was him, a great interview. Do you like it? Yeah. Well, I asked him, um, you know, like, man, how excited are you about the baseball stadium? And he's like, well, yeah, there's some questions they got to like, answer for like, me I'm, to be. I'm, I could be excited. Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of, and, and then that's when I realized, like, oh, not everybody is mm-hmm. as pumped yeah. about this as they, you know as they could be because he's thinking a little broader than yes. I am. Probably I'm thinking of a great place to go take my kids exactly. and have fun. Yeah. And he's thinking what the, you know, all implications. The, yeah, yeah. All of the, you know, economic and otherwise. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and I, I opened Jig and Reel with Randy Boyd. And uh, that's a good dude. I, I'm a big fan of his. Same. He would have been. I mean, yeah. He's a. He would have been my first conservative vote for a for a politician. You know, uh, it was a real bummer what happened with that uh, with that election cycle because mm-hmm. I'm I'm in the same boat. Like I went to. Uh, I think I voted in in that primary to mm. to because I wanted him to be I wanted him to, yeah. he did such a great job at the uh, at uh, TNECD the yeah. you know Tennessee Department of Economic and Community Development yep. and uh, under Bill Haslam he brought so many big businesses yep. to Tennessee yep. to underserved counties yep. to uh, he 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 is a cheerleader for our state he legitimately wants to help people yep. when he I heard a quote from him there was somebody at uh, the design sensory ad agency who was doing the pet safe uh, dog park dash thing with him while mm. he was going well, while he was running for governor. Mm. And she told me that after he lost the election, um, she asked him, she was like, you, are you upset about it? And he was like, I'm, I'm not upset about it. I, I saw it as a way to be helpful mm. and to be the most helpful. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just going to have to adapt and find a different way mm-hmm. to serve. Mm-hmm. And now he's university of Tennessee systems president. Mm-hmm seemingly doing a good job but because he during that crazy election cycle ran against a super conservative diane black in the in the um in the primaries yeah and bill lee who you never even heard of at the yeah. time um and i'm almost kind of i i think maybe it turned out all right for the state of tennessee because you saw these diane black and randy boyd you know this is the height of of donald trump it's the donald trump midterms i think it's 2018 right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. so both of them really uh uh, diane black and and randy boyd both cozied up to trump yeah and really tried to out trump each other to the voter base they they played to the base a little bit they played to the base a little bit and they lost it was disappointing to see both of them lost to a guy that spent four million dollars campaigning where they both spent in the teens mm-hmm. million do- that they mm-hmm. combined spent over 30 million dollars campaigning and they lost to a guy Good lord they lost to a guy that spent less than four million dollars mm. um because i think people were just not ready they, they, that didn't resonate with yeah. the base for some reason yeah and so i almost i i feel like a lot of people got a bad taste in their mouth because of his strategy, yeah. What when he was when he was running a lot of the the left left leaning liberal side, yeah. And I I really hate that that happened because said, I don't think that's I don't think that's necessarily who he is. Yeah, I you, think you he talked to, you talked to the guy, and that is not how he comes off at all for right. sure. 
I didn't he's, think a, so. he's a genuinely good dude. I, it seems like he is, yeah. and I see him do great things. And his wife is great, and Thomas. Jenny is, is great. amazing. Yeah, and Thomas is just killing it for our town. I Absolutely. Mean, oh my god. He's yeah. he's what what do they have now? Barley's. Do they have the building across the street? Do they have blue cats, or is that somebody else? I think somebody else took possession of that. Wasn't Carleo? Was it? God, I hope not. No. <laughs> I, I think I think he did have it at one point, and now it's in different hands. I'm not sure. Okay, but uh, yeah, Merchant of Beer. Uh, he's got a lot of properties now, but he he's doing good things for sure. Yeah, th- Thomas is. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm excited for him. They bought the JFG building too mm-hmm. from David Dewhurst. Yeah, and just just a, a a good family, and and I hope I hope that. That's not overshadowed by the 2018 mm. gubernatorial election cycle. Yeah. But I'm afraid that it did put a little bit of, yeah. of a mark on the guy. But I do. I mean, he seems to have he seems to still get support yeah. um, around because I think people see that he really is a genuinely good guy who wants to help. Yep. And he's, you know, worth a ton of money and mm-hmm. he uses that money to make his home state better. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. It's not a bad. It's not a bad thing at all. Do you do you think that the uh, well, well, all that to say the baseball he's he is the one who I guess owns the baseball team and mm-hmm. is moving him here. Mm-hmm. Another thing that happened with that that I thought was really fascinating to me, uh, and and another example of how Randy Boyd showed a ton of character was <clears throat> all this talk started, um, you know, ten years ago about. Uh, maybe in 2016, 2015, 2016, about uh, moving the Tennessee Smokies from Sevierville to Knoxville. Yeah. And uh, I think Sevierville started to get a little nervous about it mm-hmm. because it is a draw for them. And mm-hmm. at 407 exit, this is pre-Bucky's, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they wanted that to have a big draw to to, to Sevierville. And, you know, for for the baseball team to leave town and go to Knoxville and mm-hmm. break their contract would have really been a hit to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we interviewed Randy Boyd for a video project that I was working with. And he went on the record and said, like, we made a promise to Sevier County hmm. to, you know, to be here for the, for a certain amount of time. And mm-hmm. we're going to be here for that amount of time because it wouldn't be right for us to, yeah. to not be. And it was like, Man, there's so many reasons to move this team to Knoxville. Absolutely, and he still won't do it because he made, uh, you know, made a made a promise to somebody. Yeah, that that they were going to stay and they were going to pay off their, you know, their 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 loans with, you know, building that stadium and all that. And but I do think it is the right time, and I'm glad that they're that they're coming. Mm-hmm. And to go back to the Alan Sims thing, like one of the things he said that was like, okay, convince me that this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. One of the things this was like. We're going to use it 38 days a year. Right. Yes. That, we're going to build this monstrosity. Right. And we're going to throw some city money at it and use it for 38 days a year. Mm-hmm. And I think like that mentality and that kind of pressure from the from from the taxpayers mm-hmm. is probably probably made them uh, ideate around other ways to have a multi-use space. Multi-use and facility, hell, yeah. It may have been a bit of a catalyst to to getting a professional soccer team here, which we did. Yep. And people are going crazy for it. Hell yeah. And they're going to play all their home games there, right? Yep, absolutely. And they're hiring, they're hiring locals to work it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be a good thing. It, I, I don't, I don't see how it, it could not be. Yeah. And, and I'm very excited. And I, I think it's, um, it's just another, another thing like Yeehaw. It's a big idea that someone is putting their money where their mouth is and doing what it, 
it takes to execute it in the right way. Mm. And I think, and I really hope that it pays dividends. I don't see, I don't see how it couldn't. It's not too far from you either. You might, you know, you might have people riding their scooters or well, bikes down there. Know, we might have a trolley or two going back and forth. You never know. I mean, people take trolleys from uh, Barley's to to Neyland Stadium yeah. all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, why not? Yeah. Um, we've been talking for almost an hour or for an hour, bro. I got three hours to go. Let's uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, one of the uh, questions I was going to ask is I saw a billboard uh, that said. Uh, that Yeehaw was a Bassmaster Classic headquarters for the brand. Yeah. Is it Hook or Huck? Hook. 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 Is H- that how you say that? H-U-K. Hook. Okay. Like fish hook. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Makes yeah. perfect sense. <laughs> so they're a, they're a fairly new like fishing outdoor brand. They're kind of like a, an Under Armour for, for yeah. fishing world or like a Columbia PFG <laughs> yeah. uh, deal. What are they doing at- um, So Bassmaster Classic is happening at- Thompson Bowling? Yeah, so that is like the Super Bowl of yeah. the Bassmaster Open, which is the NFL of it brings bass a, It brings a big old crowd, yeah, for sure. It does. Uh, so we're going to be doing programming during that whole weekend with Hook on our, on our facility. So uh, they'll be in attendance. They'll have booths at Bassmaster serve, like handing out merch, and we'll be there with them handing out beer. But uh, we'll have some concerts. They're, I think they're planning to bring their NASCAR and park it in our beer garden. Hell yeah! I mean, why not? You know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, all weekend we'll be doing we'll be doing fun stuff with them. We'll, we'll be live streaming the weigh-ins on the jumbotron, like all kinds of fun stuff, dude. Uh, we should go down there to the to the weigh-ins. I'd love I mean, to. It is like, I mean, and I don't mean to be disparaging. It is a redneck ass crowd, <laughs> like like yeah. even a little bit. Like I'm, I, I I can get down with that stuff. Yeah, it it takes me to the edge. It's out. Like, it's out of our element. It is yeah. a little bit out mm-hmm. of our element. Mm-hmm. But I went. Uh, we were filming a TV show, Tennessee Valley Uncharted, and we were great show. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we were following around uh, uh, Ot Defoe, mm. uh, the local uh, Bassmaster. Okay. Uh, angler who is a prof- professional angler on angler on the Bassmaster Open Tour. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm getting all that right, but. <laughs> Um, we were following him around for, as, as a segment for the TV show mm. and, um, you know, being a hometown guy, he ended up winning the Bassmaster Open. So the access we got was crazy. Nice. I mean, we were, we were right, you know, right next to him all weekend while he was winning this tournament, yeah. $300,000 prize. The Holy guy, crap. Yeah. So he won the Super Bowl, <laughs> you know, he beat 50 other anglers, you know, wow. in, in, on his home, on his home reservoir. Awesome. Um, but man, Thompson Bowling goes crazy. They drive their trucks through the, like, they have a stage set up like a concert. Have you seen a, a concert at Thompson Bowling before? Yeah, yeah. So they push the stage to one side of the arena, right? Okay. Uh, so they have, they bring, all, they bring all the boats in, all the anglers who launch their own boat during the day, pull their own boat out of the water with their own truck. They uh-huh. all line up on, like, Neyland Drive. And okay. And then they roll them through the no Thompson bowling through the back through backstage area. I'm sure these, then, I'm sure these rigs are just old pieces of junk. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Uh, if you're not like, you know, sponsorship drives that whole world. Yeah. And so if you're not sponsored by Toyota, which, mm. uh, the whole Bassmaster classic, at least at the time was sponsored by Toyota. Mm. I think the whole tour, uh, if you did not drive a Toyota, they would, connect your boat to really? a Toyota to pull wow. it through in okay. front of the stage. So most guys, well, probably about half the anglers drove Toyotas, mm-hmm. but some of them were sponsored by Ford and other auto yeah. manufacturers. But so they would have these guys unhooking boats, <laughs> re- reconnecting your boat to a Tundra. So these anglers are driving of a, a truck, a Toyota Tundra with a, you know, 150, 
forty thousand dollar bass yeah. boat connected to it. Yeah, they pull up in front of the stage. They they I think they actually rode in the boat while somebody else drove in Thompson I, Bowling Arena. Yeah, into Thompson Bowling Arena. That's crazy. The guys, while they park in front of the stage, you know, they stand up in their boat. The crowd goes wild. The crowd goes crazy. Pull their fish out of the ice They chest. pull their fish out of the live well, and the crowd goes bananas. I mean, they go wild, like losing their mind. You, if a guy pulls a five or six pound fish out of there, dude, it's over. The place is going crazy. Um, and, and, and man, then they get on stage and they, and they give a little speech about it. And you huh. see the whole way in and leaderboard and all that. It's, it's wild. Huh. And I think it's free, right? I is have no free? idea. I think it's free to uh, go in, uh. um, but it is a, it is a spectacle. <laughs> I was standing there and uh, and and looking around, having you know legit out of body experiences. It was like your first that's amazing. crazy concert. You know? I'm down. Let's do yeah. it. I, I would I would love to go. <laughs> That'd I think, be great. I think that would be fun. Uh, I, know, you, I know a guy. We can get some passes. Yeah, yeah for go. sure. Yeah. Do you uh, do you know what? Uh, are you familiar with the brand Hook? Uh, how did they we, did they find you guys? We worked with them at. In Greenville for the last Bassmaster. Class. Oh yeah, they did yeah. it on like Kiwi or yep. some lake down there. So they they partnered up with us over there for that one. Great. So we're it's a continuing relationship. That's really awesome. Yeah. And then you guys put a billboard up. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm I'm really excited. And I'm, I'm excited about all the free swag that we're about to get too. Dude, yeah. my buddy sent me a photo. He works at Mass General Store. He's retired. He uh-huh. works over at Mast, and he uh he sent me a photo today of a hook shirt. Yeah. And was like, hey. You see, uh, uh, we just got these shipped in. They're they're going like crazy. It's a uh, it's a sun hoodie with a built in neck gaiter. You want one? And I was like, I guess I better try one out. Yeah, I guess I guess I better do it. He was like, All right, I got you. The, there might be some uh, Yeehaw co branded stuff in the mix there. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? Yeah, they're aggressive, dude. They're really good at what they do for awesome. sure. Are you guys gonna do a, a, a labeled beer for them or anything? We are doing a labeled beer for them. It's called Huck Logger. Really? Hook, I'm sorry, Hook Logger. Hook. Yeah, it's it looks like Huck. It's confusing. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, Hook Logger. Okay. We're doing cans and everything. We'll have them at the brewery. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was, I was thinking, you know, with with this, I, I, I hope, I, I hope we can work this event out that you that I keep yeah. talking about having there. Um, but I, I, I was, I, I had designs in my mind of like a, a you know, a river logger uh, mm. coming out of Yeehaw mm-hmm. in cans for, um, because I, I wanted to pair it with like a. Uh, I almost wanted to do not only this event at Yeehaw, but make it kind of a whole weekend thing where we did a. Uh, a fishing tournament one day, fly fishing tournament. Hell yeah! And you know, do the the, the film screening one day and the, the fishing tournament the next, and have yeehaw beer for you know, uh, absolutely uh, for for maybe next year we can <laughs> maybe next year we can do that. I don't, I don't know, know if we can work Mad- it out. Madeline's pretty good at her job. She could probably she, make something happen. She seems to be pretty. Quick. Yeah, she's she's good, man. Yeah, she's good. Dude, what else we got? What else have we missed out on? Oh, uh, I don't know. What do you got? What do you, what's, what's been going on in Ben Fields world? <laughs> well, I'm glad to be a part of the neighborhood too now. Yeah. You know, I moved to, uh, uh, lock and key, yeah, which is did. in the neighborhood yeah. of, of Yeehaw now. So it's a good group of people over have there. Have you worked with them a lot before? I just know them personally, uh, from over the years. Uh, you know, they, a lot of them worked at, uh, Knox Ivy back yeah. in the day when I was at Press Pub across the way. Uh huh. So that's, I mean, that's 15 years ago at this point. Well, so. hell you probably saw the lock and key business plan get sketched out on a uh, on a cocktail literally napkin. i think they were pretty much working on getting out of there and starting their own thing while while i was working at press pub yeah i bet yeah good dudes for sure yeah they really <clears throat> they really are i've enjoyed getting you know getting to know that whole crew over there just consummate professionals and mm. also very like 
very plugged in to the people that I enjoy spending my time with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 you know, the, the, the arts community in downtown Knoxville, it's very much a, um, I don't know. It feels like lock and key is really a part of the community. Mm-hmm. We hear about things that are going on before they're announced, mm-hmm. you know, um, it just kind of feels like we're we're kind of a, a living, breathing part of the creative ecosystem. Yeah, for sure. Know, around the downtown Knoxville epicenter, yeah. and it's um, it's it's really been a pleasure, and it's been it's been uh, cool to see like what a marketing department does mm-hmm. as well. I've never really, I mean, I've worked with ad agencies a lot in the past, mm-hmm. um, but Rhett, can we talk about that? Yeah, whole situation. Yeah. So like, Lock and Key has a. Uh, has a marketing department or marketing arm uh, that has been doing a lot of work for, for Yeehaw, it sounds like, and helping with like PR and opening the doors and all that. And, um, but I think Rhett, who has got to come on the show at some point, I got to talk to her. Oh, she's, she's got a voice for podcasts. She's, she has a great, great speaking voice for sure. And also is just a a, a badass of all badasses when it comes to creating marketing collateral with, with making a splash with, with things. I mean, coming from the music industry and, Mm -hmm. and working with music festivals to help them market and get the word out. I mean, she's like the, I I think I heard her say it one day or I heard somebody say it about, about her. Like she likes to spend marketing dollars in a way that she knows is going to get back four times the return Mm. that they're spending on it. Like if we advertise for a show at, you know, call it the Tennessee theater, then we want to know it's that, you know, if, if we spend a thousand dollars, we want to know that it's going to make $4,000 in ticket sales. It's a good way to spend money. It is. And I mean, when, <laughs> and when you can do that and then prove that you did that, yeah. it's a no brainer. Yeah. You're, you're, you're printing money mm-hmm. <laughs> you for can, sure. If you can do that. But what all has, uh, has that been like working with you guys and having a mind like her to, uh, to kind of partner up and get the get the word out about Yeehaw. Well, we were we were interviewing different companies to help us with PR for the rollout and the grand opening and stuff like that. And we talked to some companies, but I I mean I was I always had you guys in mind. Uh, but uh, you know, helping us set the message and you know decide who we were going to talk to and when and things like that that mm. would never have been a possibility on my plate. And then. You know, we have a, a director of marketing, Kimberly Wonderlick. She's incredible. And she does all the yeehaws, she, right? Yeah, yeehaw at large. She's yeah. she's responsible for that message. But at a local level, having somebody help us with that rollout has been really, really nice. Well, it's amazing like how calculated uh, you have to be with messaging. Yeah. And and you said the timing of it. And, like who, you said. and who you take that message to and when it happens. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. It's a it's a whole different world, man. Well, for it, sure. it seems it se- very much seems like it's uh, you know, it seems like it's on people's lips. So I'd mm. say good job to Rhett. Good job, Rhett. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but I am uh, I'm fascinated to watch to watch her work and especially as it relates to your business with you and I being friends, like I kind of get to see both sides of yeah. it and I get to root everybody. I'll be a cheerleader. <laughs> I don't have anything to do with either of them. Really? I All mean, you have to do is come drink beer. Yeah. Yeah. When, whenever your period is over 
April 1st, you said? April 1st. Shoot it's right during Big dang. Ears, too. Come on, party. I know, but I'm going to be shooting at Big Ears, so I'm thinking I kind of want to just still wait. Uh, sneak in there. I won't tell on I you. I also thought about just playing an April Fool's joke on everybody and be like, just kidding, sober forever. Still going. <laughs> yeah, still going. <laughs> Invite everybody to a party. <laughs> Welcome to the party. I have water. I have LaCroix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and this, uh, what is it, athletic... Athletic, athletic beer company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've kind of made their. Uh, they've kind of made like non-alcoholic beers a thing. Right? You're talking about a marketing company right there. They're really, do, they're doing really well. Yeah. Really, and yeah. they, do they make beer with alcohol in it? I don't. I don't think so. Really? Yeah, I think that's it. Wow. Because I see they're them around well. all the time. Yeah, and it's all non-alcoholic. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think that NA space is uh, now that I've kind of dabbled in it a little bit. It's exploding. Especially with, you know, dry January, sober October proliferating. I mean, the non-alcoholic space is is doing really, really well. Are you guys ever going to do one? I don't know. I don't know. We are a, we we try to do different things all the time. So we, we developed a cider line in Knoxville. We, mm. de- we developed a, a, a wine-based cream liqueur mm. with all different flavors and stuff like that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we try to get in there eventually. So I, I usually reserve this question for for when Zach Roskop is over here. Oh boy! Uh, but you know, I, I like to I like to know about like beer trends. I know that that IPAs are are you know probably still king. So they they kind of seems like they they were the they were the uh, a pillar that craft beer was built on. Yeah, and it seems like they have plenty of staying power. Yeah, as as uh, well. What's fun about IPAs though is you know when you know, 15 or so years ago when the craft beer boom really started, it was how bitter can you make this fucking beer? Right. Put all of the hops in there and taste buds be damned. Yeah. But now it's like, it's a lot more delicate. You know, the, the, the pillowy citrusy, juicy IPAs They're they're, I would, a lot of people would say they're a little bit easier to make. They're mm. they're kind of hard to mess up because you can just throw more hops in there and the, it'll still taste good. The juicier IPAs, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The uh, New England IPAs and things like that, mm. and uh, those are hazies. Hazies, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, once you figure out the bio transformation and how to make it hazy and the process that's involved in that, it's kind of rinse and repeat and just put use different hops in the same recipe. What is the haze? Uh, factor uh the, actually research is still ongoing but uh it's from the best i can tell it's when you throw in the hops during the boil either bo- actually before the boil after the boil during the whole process so biotransformation occurs where proteins are taken into consideration and uh they don't they don't really know quite yet if it's yeast that's in suspension or protein that's in suspension that makes it hazy, but that also contributes to like a pillowy uh, body in the beer. And then the, when the hops are thrown in to get that haze, the, the timing involved in that makes it juicy and, and instead of bitter. So it's a byproduct of the effect of getting haze in the beer. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So you're, so anytime you have a hazy IPA, it's going to have kind of a sit, sit, you can pretty much count juicy. on it. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So Citra hops. Citra hops are a big thing still, and that's been for the last five, six, seven years. Okay. Yeah. And 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 is that is it what it sounds like? Is yeah. It, citrus. Yep. It for is. sure. Yeah. Okay. So it gives you citrus flavor. And it's a it's a it's 
it's a uh, bittering hop and an aromatic hop. It's kind of a dual purpose hop. So you can, you can brew a beer only using Citra and it's still going to taste amazing. Mm. Normally you'd have to use a different hop for your bittering charge. So like a, uh, you know, um, Cascade or, 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 uh, Chinook or something like that. That's going to have a high alpha acid content to give you that bitterness up front and then balance it out with some citrusy or, or fruity hops on the, on the, in the end of the boil to make it less bitter. But these like Citra galaxy, you know, Southern hemisphere hops, they're, uh, they're dual purpose and they make everything really yummy. So how much of this beer knowledge did you learn with your South college education and how much of it did you learn afterwards? Um, <laughs> and be honest, I understand that most people learn, you know, 10% of what they know at school and it yeah. makes them dangerous enough to enter the marketplace where yeah. their knowledge then explodes. Yeah. Uh, South college was a, it, the brewing program there was a good idea. Mm-hmm. And we had great instructors and, you know, it, it, it led to what is now the Brewing Distilling Center, which is incredible. Right. Todd? Todd. Yeah. yeah. Todd White. Yeah. Uh, practical knowledge wasn't really a part of that program back then. It was a lot more classroom, like biochemistry, which is important and mm-hmm. hydro, hydrodynamics and fluid dynamics. And that's the same thing. But, uh, you know, things like that, that they focused on instead of getting us in a brewery every day and, and learning on like on the site. So now they focus a lot more on that. So those students are learning a lot more about the actual art of brewing. So are they still doing a program at South college? No, no. But now Todd is doing the brewing and distilling. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm like an honorary graduate of brewing distilling center is what I say. Ah, it's it's kind of the same program. Sorry for offending you. No, 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 no. I just wanted to let everybody know you spent a lot of money on school. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, at, at that point I had been brewing for, uh, almost 10 years. So I had already learned a lot. And this, this was kind of the, the, the cherry on top. And then since then, you know, actually working in the brewing industry, I've learned a ton. It's been amazing. So do you, are you still a nerd about it? Do you still get out there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't been able to brew in a long time, but I, I hope that's going to change with the, the new property. With but, having a house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it'll be cool. <laughs> well, didn't uh, agenda brewing was your, was your, uh, uh, in the shop behind your house, right? Yeah. Or in the detached building? Yeah, it was a cinder block warehouse, but now the church is a little bit bigger. So I've got more more space to play with. So the church is separate from the house on uh-huh. your new property? Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the house itself is under the H1 overlay. So they can kind of dictate what we do to the outside of the house. But mm. for some reason, the way that the church property was set up, it's not in that H1 overlay. So wow. we got a little bit more freedom with it. But, you know... Also, I'm the same way I was with Yeehaw, I want to be super cognizant about the neighborhood itself and right. not, not piss off our new neighbors by doing something stupid. But it's in the county, right? It's in the county, yep. I and didn't know the H1 overlay was in. Was... It's in the county, but it's not in the town of Farragut, luckily. So permitting huh. and building will be a lot easier for us not being in the town of Farragut. Gotcha. Yep. So I, I always wondered if the historic overlay reached outside of the city. I didn't Apparently it, it does, did. but I think it's a, diff- it's, it's a different... H one somehow mm. I haven't really researched but, a but lot, there's but yeah. still all of all of the uh, all of the rules in place for what you can do to the exterior, exterior. of your house, right yeah. we they, can we can completely gut the interior right and nobody can say anything and about you it, can but. paint it whatever color you want you can paint it camouflage if you want I think <laughs> I, I I just don't think you can they, they can suggest right they can heavily suggest what we paint the house right yeah. and also they want you to um, single pane wood sash windows right all that fun stuff maintain yeah. all the architectural yeah. Yeah. 
uh, if, you, if you if you move a window, there needs to be a good reason for it. Right. Only use wood siding, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I remember we had to do it when we redid our porch in Park Ridge. I mean, our porch. Yeah. That was, that was Is that H1? To, yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, oh, dude. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> I mean, like there was a big, they were trying to expand the H1 into uh-huh, Park Ridge. Uh-huh. And it's like, man, you're going to tell these families who have lived here for a hundred years yeah. and have had their house paid off for 78 years yeah. that they can't, you know, Replace, replace, their, replace their gutters without going historic with it. it. Exactly. Yeah. Like these people have never had a house payment. Yeah. All they've paid is their, is their, you know, taxes. And, and a lot of them, you know, aren't, aren't going to want to spend or have the ability to spend four times as much to make something you just a, gotta, you just uh, gotta, historically accurate. You just got to find a contractor that's willing to work at night. And then the next day it's be like, I don't know what happened, man. I don't, <laughs> no, I don't I know. Didn't. These gutters just showed up. But there was a huge falling out with people in our, in, in Park Ridge who were half, you know, half the people were for it, half the people mm-hmm. were against it. Yep. And it became this whole culture war of like, you're trying to gentrify the neighborhood. Gentrification, and then, yeah. You know, well, you're, you know, you're trying to let the neighborhood go to hell. And I, I understand, I understand where it comes from. You want to preserve the beauty of a house and, and especially historic houses and things like that. But at the same time, it's just like, man, those families own that house. What, exactly. Why are you telling them what they can and can't do with it? If Exactly. Uh, there needs to be some standards in place, but at the same time, like, let them put some new fucking gutters on. Yeah. I, it probably has saved some properties. Sure. It's probably saved people from knocking down some old George Barber that's Victorian the, that's houses. The, that's the best part of it for sure. So mm-hmm. it's it's a lot harder to demo a house under right. H1. But but I'm like, you can't even see my porch slats from the street. <laughs> like, why do I have to go in front of a committee and, yeah. and, and get a building permit and an H1 yeah. you know, approval? There's a house it? next to our new property that was, uh, it was built almost in a floodplain and they- it was so bad that they had to completely knock down the house and build a new house. Oh, no. Building a new house in an H1 overlay, I can't imagine the nightmare that you have to go through to, to be able to put that house up. Yeah, and I wonder with like, I wonder if they take it into a account when you're doing uh, homeowner's insurance on your home. Like, mm. you know, there's a there's a line that's like replacement costs for mm. like, yeah, this house might cost you know, $200,000. But if you had to build it right now, would it, re- if you had to rebuild it, right. would it really cost $200,000? Right. Yeah. You know, mm. it's like these George Barber houses in, in Park Ridge. It's like, mm-hmm. you would have to find, you know, craftsmen, you ship, know, ship galore. A, ship a guy down from Boston or something like exactly. that. Exactly. That's and done like, this a million times. They don't make a lathe that big anymore to make spindles <laughs> yeah. for your yeah. porch like that. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> like, it's, it's out. It's, it's outrageous. Uh, uh. Um, dude, I am, uh, I'm just pumped to see it. I'm pumped to see you doing well. Thanks, and, man. Um, we're, we're making it. We're doing shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I do want to ask you uh, at, at least one more question about, uh, do you know about the hops growing situation in the UT research facility no. that's out here? No. Well, let me tell you why I know about Please, it. Please. Let's get into <laughs> it. I, uh, I like to, uh, this is a time of year I like to just go down to the, to the water and see if there's any carp tailing okay that i can sight fish for okay uh with my fly rod and so uh it was a nice day a few days ago i decided to take my motorcycle Mm -hmm. uh, down there to to the river i pull up i get out for a few minutes look around see if i see anything and i didn't see anything and there's so much construction down here on alcoa highway there's new roads every time you drive by there's new gravel roads and so i'm driving up to the to the traffic circle at maloney road and I look over and I see like a pay, nice paved new road that mm-hmm. goes off by this new greenway. 
And so I turn right in there. I'm like, I don't see any signs that say don't go here. Oh, those don't stop me. I love finding a dead end to I, get lost I, in. <laughs> see, I, I will. No, dead end doesn't bother me. Private property. Yeah. That yeah. don't do not enter. That bothers <laughs> yeah. me because you, then you can get shot uh-huh, and be uh-huh. at fault. Uh-huh. So I, uh, <laughs> I didn't see any signs. So mm-hmm. I just kept riding. And then that nice paved road. Uh, turned into a nice gravel road. And okay. then I start to look around and I see like some old houses that are over there and uh, a bunch of bird ha- bird houses that are built up and a lot of different grow houses over there and hmm. like some nice fields. And then I see a sign for the University of Tennessee. Hmm. I keep driving down this gravel road, you know, just acting like I can uh, be there. Yeah. And I get to the end of it, which dead ends into the cove where sky ranch is where we come down where the the little airport, airport yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. there's a little cove behind it that mm-hmm. comes out from icy king park and that's where we take our boat with, and meet up with our friends we all tie up in the summer and let our kids swim and run amok and nice. uh, i ended up riding my motorcycle all the way out to the point where that is i've never been out there before i'd only been there by water i was like oh this is how you get here uh-huh. cool and then uh i get to the end of the gravel road and then i turn around and you know take a look around and I'm okay this is great and I'll start riding back and then towards me I can just see him he's he's really small he's no. on a four-wheeler no yeah way. riding a four-wheeler <laughs> right at, at me and then he gets about 50 yards from me and stops and I just keep riding by him uh, you know wave at him and keep going he's like no 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 buddy stop no way yeah so he stops me and uh it's like and, Area 51 security. It, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Except there was nobody at the gate, uh, and he and he stopped me. And he's like a he's probably a grad student. Good, you know, mm. d- good old boy. Yeah, you know, probably in his thirties uh, or early, late twenties, something uh-huh. like that. Um, looked very comfortable on a four wheeler with no Fair helmet, enough. by the way. Fair enough. And uh, so he's like, "No, stop!" And so I stop, and he's like, "Hey, man, I know these gravel roads are fun to ride on, and and all that, but unfortunately, this is a uh, this is a, a private property of the University of Tennessee Plant Sciences." Okay. And I was like, "Oh man, I'm I'm sorry. Was there a, you know was there a sign up there that I missed?" And he was like, "No, there's not a sign, <laughs> but you know there's there's you know police ride back here all the time, so I just don't want you to get in trouble." And I was huh. like, "Man, I'm I should have known better. Man, it's my, my guy. fault. I'm sorry." Yeah. Yeah, and and you know I'm like. He's like, that KLR 250? I'm like, oh, yeah, it, yeah, it is. He's like, I used to have the 650. So I sat there and shot the shit with this guy for like 15 minutes. It was the, it was the kindest way I've ever been. At Turns the, out we're best friends yeah, now. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's one of the best ways I've ever been kicked off of a piece of property. But he ended up telling me that it's a it's a research facility for uh, for UT Plant Sciences. And he said that they're, that they're it's an experimental uh, deal they're seeing they're like I guess they're trying to make certain uh, certain plants more hardy trying to grow them at a higher latitude okay. so like taking plants that would normally just grow at the coast South Carolina stuff like that trying to uh, grow them up there and then he mentioned that they were growing a bunch of hops mm-hmm. uh, over there as like experimenting with with growing hops and I, uh, I I wish I would have picked his brain a little bit more I dig it um, but it could it's cool that they're thinking in those terms a university is trying yeah. to get in on the get in on the hop game and i'm sure they're going to need to do something with them when it becomes i when might, it becomes I might know a guy well but, dude let me know i'll i'll act like i don't know what i'm doing well, on my bike and just ride over well, there it's cool day. we are, i mean we are technically in the hop growing region uh tyler brown uh has a hop farm i think it's called knox hops i'm so ashamed that i can't remember the name of his farm but he does a great job and they they have a harvest season a harvest party at last days of autumn every year cool. all kinds of fun stuff but uh we actually we planted 
like a quarter acre at my in-laws farm that I'm staying at right now. And by next year, we want to have a whole acre of hops growing, but, uh, it's a, it's a high yield crop that takes very little work to, uh, mm. once, it, once it's planted anyway, it's a lot of work yeah. to, to get set up and everything like that, but it's, it's not, it's not very fussy. You can, you can just kind of leave it alone and make yeah. sure it's watered. But, uh, is, is it like, uh, is it like cannabis and that the good stuff grows indoors and the stuff that you grow outdoors is not as, I don't know about any indoor hops. Okay. So, I'm, so I'm, sh- I'm sure they're out there. Okay. So there's not like a hydroponic uh, hop farm If anywhere. there is, I want to see it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Okay, so all hops grows outdoors then. From mostly. what I from what I know. I mean, it, you need acreage for sure to okay. to get enough to justify growing it. And it's related to cannabis, right? Yeah, yeah, they they cousins. They cousins. Mm-hmm. So it just it just it grow, literally grows like a weed. Yep. It's like 18 to 20 feet vertical and you just Is have, it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does yeah. it fall over? Do you have to yeah, prop you have, it up? You have to run core up to a up to a wire. Well, okay. Like coconut core cord. Okay, so you do like uh, some kind of like grid system it's like, it's above like it. It's like a truss kind of, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. and then you run you run some kind of substrate up yeah. to it, and they're called binds. They're hop binds that grow up grow up that cord, and then uh, yeah, at, once it's time for harvest, you you go up with a, uh, like an elevated truck and cut down all the binds from the top, uh-huh. cut them down from the bottom. You pull them over to a tent. Everybody's drinking beer, and you you pick some hops off the bind. It's that a fun like, harvest. It is. Yeah. And so how much can you yield on like what you have? A quarter acre. How how many how many uh how, how much beer will that make? My father-in-law's done the research but and he told me but I haven't listened in a while. Uh not that sounds bad. No, I have I have <laughs> we haven't talked about it in a while so I've forgotten. There's been some shit going on. So I my brain space is a lot smaller than it used to be. But uh you know uh What's tough is whole cone whole cone hops is what, pretty much what you yield on a smaller scale because otherwise you need a pelletizer to to make hop pellets and that's a very expensive piece of equipment. So mm. whole cone hops need to be brewed with fresh for the most part, unless you get a vacuum sealer, so an industrial vacuum sealer, stuff with like that. Fresh whole cone hops. So instead of a pellet, you just take the whole flour that is a hop and throw it in beer. Okay. The equipment that you ha- the brewing equipment that you need to make that viable is different. Like we cannot use whole cone hops at Yeehaw because you need pelletized. Right. Yes, okay. for sure. Uh Sierra Nevada almost almost exclusively uses whole cone hops. They really? they've, they've developed a bunch of different pieces of equipment uh like the uh the hop rocket or or something like that. It's it's like a small vessel that you load whole cone hops into and then run beer through it and re- oh. recirculate it through your kettle. Oh, so, it's like a, so a, it a cake up. Yeah. So it doesn't, so those, 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 the whole cone hops not only take up a bunch of room, so they absorb a lot of liquid that you can't get back out of them, mm. but then they also love clogging pipes. So mm. they're hard to brew with. So these smaller hop farms, they will sell their hops to local breweries that are small scale like three barrel systems that you can also squeeze a bunch of whole cone hops into. Hmm. So like uh crafty bastard, last days of autumn, places like that. They do a lot of fresh hopped beers is what they call them. Okay. And, and they're fresh hopped is whole cone. Whole cone. Okay. Picked straight off the vine. Like within 24 hours of picking them, if you haven't uh, vacuum sealed and, and flash frozen them, you need to use them in beer real quick. Really? Yeah. They start to get oxidized and, and, mm, and things like gross. that. So. Do they mold? They do mold. Uh, there's actually th- some styles of beers like a goose uh, that uses aged hops. It's uh, 
they actually don't add a lot of bitterness. They just add like complexity. The worst beer I had on my Union Jack's beer challenge was the Goose. G-U-E-Z-E. G-U-E-Z-E, yeah. 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 The worst, like it tasted like vomit to me. It's a different kind of beer for sure. And Very historic. Very. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's been around a long time, but yeah, it's, I, it's I can taste it right now in my mouth. <laughs> uh, it, it was, I mean, it was it was like the beer that everybody was like, "Have you had the goose yet?" On your beer challenge, you <laughs> all right? Lambic is that the name of the lambic? Brewery? Lambic is a different style of beer. Oh, but, okay, but kind of in line. But okay. lambics are n- normally fruited, and uh, okay. they're they're tasty. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, but but hops are cool, man. I like hops. Before we started, you were telling me you were saying you said you were going to say something about uh, Courtney Bergmeier. Did we Courtney Bergmeier, dude, that interview was fantastic. That's what everybody says. Oh man. my god! Uh, so another. So I most of my adult life stems from me working at Prez Pub. So yeah. she was she was a regular there. We got to know each other a little bit just as a customer. But uh, hearing her now versus fifteen years ago is such a stark change because I haven't really hung out with her in a long time. But hearing her talk about running the Bijou and how romantic it is for her to be there and uh, the job that she's doing, it was so rad to listen to. I Dude, loved it a lot. You know, for me, like, everybody always asks, what's your favorite podcast you've ever done? Mm. And I'm like... Impossible. It's, it's impossible to yeah. say because I have so much fun doing yeah. all of them. It's like yeah. all of them are my kids. Like they, <laughs> yeah. they really are. Like, I I do my best or mm. try to in every yeah. conversation and I engage equally with, yeah. you know whether I'm talking to you or, or any, you know, or the mayor, well, whatever. You, you got a gift for the gab, sir, for well, sure. Yeah. And, uh, but everybody just keeps talking about that one. It, and, and, and it was I like, mean, Sarah, it just lives. And I was like, God damn, I need to go see a concert. You know, yeah. like it's, uh, it was, it was really entertaining to listen to for sure. Yeah I, yeah. I, I, I thought so too. She was, I was very curious about what was going on, uh, at the Bijou, but then after it was up, she was doing the dry January thing at the time. So mm. I think it's a, it's, it's one of the first times we've had a beerless chat in the shop at, <laughs> you know, at night. But, uh, after we were done, we sat here and we talked for about, you know, 20 or 30 more minutes because her husband, mm. uh, do you know her husband? Yeah. Uh, well, I do too. Apparently, <laughs> I had no idea that, that that they that that they were married. Their 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 short courtship took place while I was working at Press Pub. Okay, yeah, they got married quick. Okay, and they they have succeeded. It's, yeah, it's cool to see. So so DL yeah, uh, that that runs Downtown Wine and Spirits mm-hmm. is her husband, mm-hmm. and um, my parents live right above Downtown Wine and Spirits. Okay, and so my parents refer to downtown wine and spirits as the wine cellar because it is quite literally their personal wine cellar where they don't own anything so they'll just you know they as long as they're open my you know my uh-huh. parents can go down there and just like my parents don't even keep wine at the house they drink wine all the time they don't have any at the house they don't yeah. need to there's a place downstairs that sells it man i remember that place first opened it was so shiny and fancy looking i loved it it was so yeah. cool is, is it, it is it not anymore? I don't it, know. No, it is. It's you know. It, I, I remember seeing the plans for it. Be like, damn, that place looks really nice. And it, probably at the time, there wasn't a whole hell of a lot else on Gay Street uh-uh. that was that was looking like that. Uh-uh. Yeah. But but we got to we got to talk and and uh, and uh, me and Courtney did. And after we realized it was DL, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like. Our, your husband and my parents probably spend more time together because of the people that work them at, and their own son. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, yeah, it's like the people that work at Downtown Wine and Spirits are like you know part of my parents' family. It seems like and and uh, and so I told 
her my dad's name and she was like you gotta be kidding me i hear stories about your dad all the time amazing dude yeah so we got to we got to chat about all that they used to be the place where i would buy my rolling tobacco back when i was a dirty smoker yeah they sold american spirit yeah uh, i was i was peter uh, stokeby peter stokeby yep that was that was my brand that that's the valley shag type right valley shag norwegian shag and all that stuff yeah i found out about that stuff when i went to amsterdam when i was 18 years old yeah and yeah you know i was a dirtbag 18 year old smoking camel lights or whatever mm-hmm. in college yep. we're about to go to college and and uh the guys introduced me to bally shag and it was different yeah it was different than smoking a good old-fashioned american cigarette that's filled <laughs> with gunpowder that if you set it down it'll burn out i will always miss my relationship with cigarettes yeah man i, I was good at it too well dude leonard <laughs> leonard cohen was like i think there's some quote from him talking about um, that's his name, right? The guy that wrote Hallelujah and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's he was like eighty five years old, I think, or about to turn eighty five. And they were like, "Do you have any regrets in your life?" And he's like, "I quit smoking fifty years ago, and I have missed it every single day since. So when I turn eighty five, I'm going to start smoking again." There you go. Hell and yeah. He lived about two more years, <laughs> especially rolling cigarettes. There's something so ritualistic satisfying romantic ritualistic yeah it's yeah it's, it's a process i, I remember I miss, I miss it a lot for yeah sure. it's yeah. yeah i i always preferred that yeah to you know the tailored yeah cigarettes i always say the day my wife throws me out of the house is the day i start smoking again for really sure. oh yeah yeah oh, i love it and i feel like if you're smoking natural tobacco in moderation like a little bit here and there like yeah. i don't care you you breathe it over a fire you know 10 <laughs> packs a day worth you're gonna die like, you can feel a little bit less guilty about it yeah yeah, yeah. i think you can and if yeah. you and if you're doing it like just one here and there sure it's probably someone else is gonna <laughs> yeah. get you first yeah. right i'll have an occasional cigar these days i like i like i like a cigar and mike now, mcgill man. got me on cigars buddy I, he is caught up on some cigars yeah he's, he knows he's 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 the authority around here now he really is yeah. he comes in with his little pelican pelican <laughs> case <laughs> yeah. uh humidor travel humidor and then i'm like God, i love that guy i love him too. Uh, i love him so much man and uh he's you know, he'll sit down right here and my shop smells like shit for about a week after he's here because we're, we smoke these cigars in, in here. And, uh, it's like, uh, the, the things he knows about each one and mm. he, and I almost feel guilty because he's like, yeah, that one right there. That's a, that's a good value for, uh, you know, for whatever kind of cigar it is. And I'm like, really? What's this run? He's like, it's about $18. I'm like, you're get- why are you giving me an $18 cigar, Mike? Like, where's like, the Swisher Sweets, man? Exactly. Give me a Swisher Sweet. I'd probably, probably be happy about it. But, but that was, yeah, I, I I'm into it, dude. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's kind of cool. Same deal though. I'm not going to do it all the time. It's hard for me to not inhale them though. Yeah, from being, from being a cigarette smoker for so long. Yeah, I hear, I hear it's not good for you to inhale I, those things. I've never. I don't think I've ever inhaled one. I don't have a problem not yeah. inhaling them. I and uh, every time Mike's over here, he's like, "You take it easy on that thing. You know, you know, it's not going to go out. Like, take it easy, buddy. You don't have to just stop hitting it." He's like, "Blow it out through your nose, out through your mouth." And I'm like, "Through my nose? Like, it's going to make me smell everything weird for the next few days." Another press pub carryover, Mike McGill. That's where I met him. Really? Yep. He was. He was a. Uh, Set up in the in my in my uh, outbuilding at the old house. He and the barstool Romeos. That was our practice space for a minute. The brewery, the or where you ended up brewing. Yeah, really. Yeah, that is awesome. Our neighbors got pissed. Eventually, oh, eventually they had to stop practicing there. But it was it was a good time for a while. He's a he's a good one, man. He's a good. A- one. After he uh, somebody gifted me another cigar after Mike left 
the last time mm-hmm. and I ended up chewing on it for about two days, just like walking around, putting my shirt pocket and like having my truck just sitting there and just chew on it. And it was great. It tasted awesome. Uh. And then I, um, I went fishing with my buddy who is the head guide at, at, uh, that Blackberry farm. Mm. He took me out in his drift boat on the clinch river and mm-hmm. we went, you know, just doing a, doing a float. And, uh, I was like, I guess I'll finally light up the cigar. And I was like, is this my, this might be heaven. If this is, he- this is heaven, smoking a cigar on the clinch river, Hell sitting yeah. in a boat, you know, it's just like, it adds, it, it adds some kind of, uh, you know, adds, adds something makes you feel like, uh, like you're winning. Yeah. Living life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't imagine if I actually knew what the hell I was smoking and how, how much I would, in- how much I would enjoy it. It'd be cool. Well, dude, um, we better wrap it up. All right. I love you. I love you too. And I'm so glad to see you. Glad to see you. And I appreciate you doing this. And and we'll um we'll be sure to do this again sometime. I mean, if you're I, I, I thought that with you it might be a one and done thing, but she is not not wishing not uh, wishing any more eventful uh uh I- any more events on your life over yeah, the next year, but let's yeah. uh your friend of friend of mine, friend of the show. I'd, let's I'd be honored to come back, man. This has been a hoot. It always is. Plus awesome. it's, it's a good excuse to catch up with you. We never see each other, so I'll take it. I love it, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And best of luck. You're already kicking ass, but keep up the good work. Thanks, man. dude. Thank man. you. Take care. Thank you. Come drink a beer when you're done with all this soberness. I might make your uh I might make your <laughs> uh I might make Yeehaw my, my my place. We've got some good barrel aged stuff for you to try. All right. Yep. I'm gonna do it. Yep. All right. Have a good one, Charles. Right on, man. Thank you. <laughs>